TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the doyen of democracy. He is the <laughs> co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, Dr. Damien Christoph. Marcus, hello, mate. Hello, Doyen. How are you? What does it mean? Well, in this podcast, we are going to be talking about things that have been very divisive and the democratic rights of some people feel like they're being challenged, Damien. And so you are, Damo, the doyen of democracy because you are really good at seeing both sides and um, that's why I've coined you the doyen. (laughs) So the doyen keeps things balanced. Is that what it is? Well, you're just the guru of democracy, you know, like uh, the doyen is like the king of particular anything, you know. The doyen of makeup might be Kim Kardashian or the doyen of perfection might be Lawrence Tam. You. (laughs) You'd be the doyen of excitement, surely. Absolutely. Well, I'm very excited. I have people coming to me now going, Marcus, I'm definitely coming to Ikaria. I had a couple of messages on our Facebook page the other day. Cheryl Mead says, Marcus, we are coming. Please, can you tell us exactly when it is? That information is coming out in the next week or two. By the time this podcast goes to air, everything might be fully confirmed. But Damo, excitement is building for the 2016 Greek Island Ikaria Longevity Retreat. If you would like to learn more about joining Damo and I, go to 100notout.com, register your interest, and as soon as we can confirm all details, we will send you an email with a link and you can learn all about it. Can't wait for that, Damo. Me too. I can't wait. Or I should say me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. I can't wait. Now, my democratic 41-year-old legend. Um. (laughs) There's been a lot. There's there's a war going on in health, wellness, personal growth at the moment. Is it? It's all over the mass media. This this um, mainstream. It's made it mainstream. It is this secret little industry Mm. called health, wellness, being your best, and all the rest of it. It's tiny little tiny little ten billion dollar industry. Oh, it's making the tabloids. It's Mm. actually dominating. Mm. Uh, Day doesn't go by without it entering the tabloids because there's so much fodder. As a journalist, as I was saying to you before we came on, there are so many. Angles to what's going on, and, um, and don't better, journalists uh, love fodder? You guys oh, love fodder. I know. I, I might just talk specifically of what's going on. Here's what's going on at the moment. We mm. have this young 23-year-old Bell Gibson who's mm. yeah. created a business called the Whole Pantry, mm-hmm. created an app from it, and uh, had many hundreds of thousands of downloads, and created an empire. And it's all come crashing down very quickly. That's one issue. Yeah. Pete Evans is on the warpath around the country on his Paleo Way tour. He's been co-authoring a book that's been uh, controversially withdrawn from publication, um, and he is a man on a mission, and he's loving what he's doing, but it's creating divisions, and we'll talk about that. And, of course, there's the recent passing of Jess Ainsco, the wellness warrior, dear to many of our hearts here at the Wellness Couch, and that has created... um, a real, I suppose, baptism of fire amongst the philosophicals of the world in terms of uh, traditional healthcare and non-traditional healthcare and the impact that Jess's message has had on people and all all bits and pieces. And, and they are three big topics, issues that have hit uh, not just Australia, this has gone global mm. over the last four to six weeks. And I thought, you know what, Damo, you and I must talk about this because really if we don't, 
Um, we are uh, stick your head in the sand. Just tarp it. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So we can't let that happen. What's your read on Belle Gibson being Damo? You're a, actually a neighbour of Belle. I know you've never met her, but you're too quite proximal in the uh, inner city suburbs of uh, Melbourne. But uh, what's your read been on this Belle Gibson uh, case? Well, it's interesting because I never met Mel, um, Belle. I nearly said Mel. <laughs> I never met. I haven't met either of them actually. I've never met either of them. Both famous Gibsons. Um, but I. Um, I was always intrigued with Bell's story, um, and me as well as a number of other people had looked at Bell and thought, hmm, gee, she looks really well for someone who's been through what she's been through. Um, having particularly just finished having chemotherapy, which was what her story was in radio. And, um, and so we thought, wow, she's done a really good job. That's incredible. Um, I didn't doubt that she was sick, um, for some time until somebody else said to me, do you, what do you think of Belle? Do you think she was actually ever sick? And I never actually, you know, gave it two seconds thought other than, wow, this girl's created a nap. Congratulations. It's amazing. It's a shame, though, that you need to be sick before people listen to you. So mm. I was kind of, that was, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was thinking to myself, surely people could listen to this sort of information from someone who didn't have to see um, their life flash before their eyes. And, um, but so that, that happened and, so I never really gave it two thoughts. However, if if I didn't give it two thoughts since the news broke that maybe she didn't have cancer and maybe she didn't have all the struggles and trials that she actually did have and she didn't pay the you know, the charities that she said she was going to and she she misappropriated all those funds, I would be I would be negligent and it would be remiss of me. So now that I've had a chance to think about it. What I see is something that's very endemic in many other industries, and that is charlatans and sharks and snakes. Mm. And she fits those bills. You know, if she didn't have cancer and she didn't pay the tax or pay the the charities, the money she said she was going to pay them, and she didn't, you know, offer and do the things that she said she was going to do based on where she was at. If if that's the case, and you know, look, Marcus, you and I don't know all of the details. But from what the media has got their t- teeth sunk into from, with regards to the fodder, it seems that she's done the wrong thing. So if that's the case, then that's a really bad thing. However, it shouldn't taint the whole wellness industry. Now, this is what I want to I say because what we're seeing is there's individuals out there that are making a splash in the media, but it's appearing to taint the whole industry. Now, we're only getting the media part of the story, right? We're not getting the whole story. Like, I don't know about you, but I haven't sat down with Belle to ask her, you know, what, what's the real deal, Belle? Well, everyone's asking for a story, but at the, at the moment, again, this is just what we read in the in the media, is that she keeps on saying it's coming out, it's coming out, it's coming out, um, but it's not. Again, the journalist in me is saying that it hasn't come out yet because she's got magazines haunting her saying we'll pay you six figures yeah, um, and maybe more to actually tell us your story. And then in that scenario, you only have to tell the story once and it's done. But this whole um, message that she's saying at the moment is she needs more time to tell the story. There's a few complications uh, that have arisen and the rest. Again, it just just smacks of incongruence to me and that's probably the thing that I suppose saddens a lot of people in the industry is that this is really the first time, Damo, that this industry, I suppose, has been rocked by lies. I mean, no, we're uh, well, no, not at all. We we got rocked by lies um, 
back in about 2002, 2001, we got rocked by lies, and that was lies from the Therapeutic Goods Administration. That's That was big because I don't know if you remember – um, pan pharmaceuticals. Do you remember pan pharmaceuticals? Oh, no, I'm not. I, yeah, I don't know where you're going here, so I'm looking forward, like everyone else would be, to. Yes. So pan pharmaceuticals used to manufacture about eighty percent of all of the nutraceuticals um, in all of Australia, and they also used to ship offshore and go over to New Zealand, and so everything except for pretty much mm, metagenics was manufactured by pan pharmaceuticals. Wow. Everything. And uh, and look, you had you had Catalent um, that w- had been set up, and they were manufacturing, you know, some, but mainly most of the vitamins and the minerals were manufactured by this group called Pan, and they also manufactured two drugs. One was called Stillnox, I think. Oh no, Travel tra- Travel Calm. Sorry, Travel Calm. Travel Calm. Yeah, Travel Calm. And then there was another drug that they also manufactured, both of which were due to be to come off the marketplace. Now it came to pass that. One of these drugs had caused some serious um, um, side effects, and so they they got investigated. But at the time, what actually happened was um, the TGA shut down the whole plant; like everything was shut down, and there was there was nothing of uh, done untoward fr- from um, Pan Pharmaceuticals, and it all came out in the courts some years later because Pan Pharmaceuticals, the owner of it, sued the Therapeutic Goods Administration for wrongdoing, for shutting them down, for you know, and for loss of income, all that sort of stuff. So they successfully sued the Therapeutic Goods Administration um, of Australia and won and and won a massive payout for all their lost income. However, the in the impact of that. Has been such that now what we're looking for is like TGA approved products. So now you see on all of the vitamins and minerals, we've got this OSTL um, thing, you know, Australian listing for all supplements. And that was born out of the distrust that the TGA created around nutraceuticals and vitamins and minerals because of the pressure that they got from somewhere that said that pan pharmaceuticals was doing the wrong thing, but they weren't. Yeah, so yeah. that was so massive. It does so, happen, uh, yeah, so it happens, and that's and like you say, that's kind of stemmed a whole new, I suppose, um, direction in the way that we consume and the way that we buy and the labels that we look at and everything else. But what it also created was this um, charlatan sort of thing and a whole lot of mystery around vitamins and minerals and also around naturopaths and chiropractors and nutritionists and, you know, that, de- that decade or so ago, almost two one and a half decades ago, um, was a, a massively tumultuous time for those people that were in that profession trying to survive yeah. when what actually happens, the whole guts was ripped away from the industry around vitamins and minerals, which kind of implied that all of what we were doing was false and incorrect. Uh-huh, yeah. We just saw the same thing happen with homeopathy just the other day. You know, they're saying homeopathy doesn't work. If you're practicing homeopathy, then you're um, being um, deceitful. And if you say that homeopathy works, then, you know, you're ripping the consumer off. And that couldn't be further than the truth. You know, they're just, they're going on some meta analysis of some data of double blind placebo controlled studies of which we know don't really work and aren't relevant for, you know, humans, really. Yeah, wow. Okay. So this is the thing where we just need to be, I suppose, somewhat cautious. Of uh, and that's probably another thing, isn't it, Damo? Where we need to be cautious of what we're observing in the media, and that mm. probably brings us on to the Pete Evans uh, issue that's uh, sweeping the nation at the moment in the global um, health and wellness world, and that is particularly this whole story of the 
uh, cookbook that he co-authored uh, with Charlotte Carr, uh, who Charlotte was actually interviewed on that paleo show recently as well. So I think it would be a really good idea from an informed consumer to go and listen to the interview that, that uh, the paleo show, show guys did with Charlotte. But just to fill you in here, um, so, and Damo, you can obviously provide much more clarity on this, but the new book by Charlotte and Pete was uh, withdrawn um, by publishers because there was a broth um, recipe in there which apparently contained too much vitamin A because of the liver content of the recipe. Um, and as a result, it's been withdrawn and everyone's been, um, I suppose, uh, everyone's been. Um, criticized and I suppose their what's the word their reputation has been questioned because neither of them are doctors or health professionals per se mm. and they put in a, a bone broth for a child um, and it's come under come under scrutiny now I suppose if it was Damo since you are the food man on 100 not out what's been your perception of of this issue <sighs> well it's a risky thing when you're talking about kids, when you're trying to do uh, food with children or health with children and you jump a few steps and you go a few steps beyond what's um, accepted in the society, in community at that point in time. So let's say, for example, we went back 50 years and we brought out a brain broth and said, hey, do this for your children. Um, this could be a great way to go. It would probably have been okay back then. Because the science and the rigor around what we feed to our children um, wasn't that strict back then, right? But these days, there's a whole lot of rigor around what we're going to supply for children and what we're going to recommend for children. Um, because there's been so many people and so many um, opportunistic individuals, I, I suppose you can call them parasites, but also sharks, that have actually ripped off and harmed children um, in the past that now we have to protect them. And so... There's a lot of hoops that you've got to jump through before you can actually go and make a claim that this is a perfect um, replacement for, I, I suppose, bottle feeding. I suppose that's that's what we're, we're yeah. Well, we're that, trying yeah. Well, that's that, that's that what was that's, that's what it was because yeah. I think you know I think from from what I understand and I've listened to Cindy and the girls talk about this on up for a chat, mm -hmm. but the actual recipe itself included 25 grams of liver, and in order for this vitamin A. Lot. Which it's isn't not, a lot. In order for this vitamin A RDA to be um, to to be to go past that, it would have needed three kilos of yes. liver. Now this is my point. So, yeah, this is the point I'm going to get to. And then yeah. the consumers go, "Holy moly!" But they don't really have the facts of what's gone in. But from a media and journalist perspective, it's like, "Well, this is a great story." That's right. So the what I reckon that could have been done better because it could be that this particular broth is a great approach and a great answer for those who've got time and the and, and and the want to be able to go and make something from scratch for the for their children um because it could it could have been amazing but what needed to happen was that the recipe needed to be tested for nutrient value that that would be a really good thing to do if you're going to take it out and say hey give this to your kids instead of something else that's had a whole lot of testing done on it. Now, obviously, when you go and do that sort of thing, you're going to upset a whole lot of people. And, of course, when when Pete came out with that book and said, hey, you can go and make this for your kids, you no longer have to use um, formula, the people in the formula industries are going to go, what the heck? Yeah. We've spent so much money on the science. We've spent so much money on development and safety, and we're going to tick all these boxes. And then a chef comes out and says, don't worry about, having that 
just go and make this. Now, this what, comes down to the PR machine now. The, that's right. So there's a massive PR spin on that from the, you know, from whoever's got vested interest. But then there's also a step that Pete could have actually done on taken instead of being, um, cavalier about it. He could have actually gone, right. This is going to go out to kids. We've got to make sure it's safe. Number one. Yep. Um, number two, we've got to make sure that it's effective. And, and number three, we've got to be able to make sure that to some extent people know that there's some guidelines around it that, you know, yes, this is, this is probably part that you could then supplement the diet with, but you can't then say that this is the only thing they're going to need to have. Absolutely. And um, this is, this is exactly demo where people have chosen their own story, like yes. whatever, whatever's the most sellable. Cause from my understanding, Charlotte's son, um, was Charlotte? Charlotte made this for her son because she she couldn't feed something along those lines, or formula wasn't working, or whatever it is. So this was kind of one of those um, just evolutionary parental journeys that mums go on with their kids and their health, and and she shared it um, in the book. And I think what you're saying is, from the PR perspective, if there was if it was less cavalier and it was like, well, hold on a minute, this is going to have a massive impact when it's released. Uh, from a media perspective, they're going to jump all over it. Anything that Pete's doing at the moment, they're, they're looking at him to try and find something that they can create a headline out of. It would have been wiser to prepare for that um, in advance Absolutely. rather than have to, I suppose, really um, retreat uh, when it's there. And it's not that Pete's retreated or that Charlotte's retreated. They really haven't had a choice. I mean, mm. the publishers uh, withdrawn the book. I think they published many of them and just, and just um, not burnt them, but just destroyed the books um, because it just hasn't, it, from a PR perspective, it just hasn't worked. But this is where the, you know, we can do a whole other podcast on, on the actual, the PR of health and wellness, but there seems to have been a, a few struggles with this, particularly if you look at what's happened with Bell Gibson, if you look at what's happened with, um, I wouldn't say Pete's losing the war because I don't really think Pete cares in terms of he's just on a mission, not that he doesn't care about the recipe. Of course he cares, but he wants people to be healthy. But yeah. um, That's that's he, a good point. You know, Pete wants people to be healthy and his model around health is is that. Now, yeah. to say that this is the only way to go around, you know, for health, that you have to go Pete's paleo way, It's that's the contentious thing. And I think that's upsetting a whole lot of people within the industry, whether it be nutritionists, dietitians, naturopaths, or whomever, like everyone's kind of going, hang on a second, Pete. That's not all 100% true. Yeah. And, uh, and so that Pete might be ruffling a few feathers there. And, uh, and certainly, you know, my feathers have been ruffled from the, you know, to the extent that even with Sarah Wilson saying that you should quit sugar and get rid of fruit sugar, that, that blows my mind because Pete says the same thing. Like, I don't, he even said it at the Wellness Summit, I don't eat fruit because it contains sugar. And mm. I was like, "Come on, mate, are you serious?" And I was standing right next to Pete, and I was, and I had to bite my tongue because I wanted to say something, but I also didn't want to make him f- look silly or feel bad or create an argument or m- make it look like it, we were incongruent. But the message that he's spreading, to some extent, is actually quite incongruent. Well, I think that's the challenge, and this is, and again, we're not talking out of school here, but this is a challenge that I suppose we both have with any kind of diet is that is that when we say that it's a one size fits all. Because it's, it's perfectly okay for Pete to not have fruit. So that, that's his choice. That's totally up to him. But where it gets con- confusing for the consumer is when we're, we're led down a belief that we shouldn't have it either. And that's, that's where people get confused because a lot of people don't have 
either the knowledge or the self-confidence to go, well, you know what? I'm going to do it my own way. Whereas really that's what everyone, what we really want to say is everyone's food philosophy has to be their own food philosophy, not what Damien Christoph thinks or what Pete Evans thinks or what Cindy O'Meara thinks. Everyone yeah. must be, live by their own food philosophy. And it's an important um, point that you make that it's a philosophy. Like there's not one true science around food that's the best way to go for every single human being on the planet. This is a really important thing for us all to remember is that what – works for you mp may not work really well for me and we see that the same thing doesn't work for lawrence and will also not work for brett mm. so it's about finding out what is your true you know nutrient regime that's most appropriate for you it's not just one size fits all and so there's people that are distancing themselves now away from the word paleo yeah and that's the and that's the trouble that a, a number of um a number of people in the health and wellness field, whether they're bloggers or nutritionists or naturopaths or chiros or whatever, no, no one people now generally want to use the word paleo because it's now beginning to draw criticism rather than a feeling of empowerment and, yes, let's do what our ancestors have done and let's just go back to ancestral wisdom. Now, because of the PR machine, it's now become um, – it's it, – it's, People don't want that label, which I actually don't think is a. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because I don't like labels and I don't want to be. I don't, I don't want to be labelled about anything. Because well, you know what I'm like when you know people said, "Oh, you're paleo, aren't you?" I'm like, I'm, "I've never been paleo." You know, the other day I was eating what I eat some rice, and uh, and I'm I'm actually going to invent a t. I'm going to wear a t-shirt to the next summit. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to say? The t-shirt's going to say, um, "I eat rice and thrive." Yeah, and, nice. Uh, and so it's it's not about you know cutting out stuff and and people keep on you know looking at me and going how can you eating you know rice you know how can you eating quinoa I thought yeah. you were paleo I'm I'm absolutely not paleo yeah and that's and that's really the the label but like you say I think that the tide is turning and this is going to happen every single seven to ten years isn't it Damo there'll be another trend I think Cindy yeah. was saying that you know sugar and fat have been smashed the last. Um, 10 years now it's proteins next proteins Protein. next we're going proteins. back to the 70s we're going back to the 70s yeah. we're going fit yeah. for life we're going veganism vegetarianism those poor animals butchers are going to go broke it's uh, <laughs> it's all going to change <laughs> um, now before we finish up let's just make a couple of comments on um, on Jess, Jess. and uh, and again as we said at the beginning I mean condolences to, to everyone involved with Jess and the Thank girls you. on Up for a Chat did a beautiful job in, in honouring um Jess's life by playing the interview that they did with her uh, at the end of 2014. But um, you were going to say something? No, no. no well, I, I, the family, you know, Jess's family. That's huge. Yeah, you know, I think oh, my heart goes out to Jess's family at the moment because the media is really uh, focused on one thing, um, um, and that was based on you know incorrect information given by um, some. some I have to watch my my French here. Some, some um, uh, outspoken. Person um, from from the political medicine wing of the AMA um, saying things that's not true about what what Jess decided to do with her health, and regardless of whether or not she decided to go down a natural route or whether she went down the medical route, it's her choice. Mm. For F's sake, it's not um, it's not that because you've got a health, in other words, you either got good health or bad health, that you ha- your whole health is you know, licensed to only mainstream medicine, you've got a body and you get to choose where where you get to take it and who's going to use it and who's going to work on it and who you're going to pay to assist you in keeping it the way that you want it to be. The arrogance of mainstream medicine 
um, and political mainstream medicine at that, particularly the friends of science in medicine, those guys, to, to say that um, Jess was negligent and ridiculous and she's given false hope to people, um, I think that's, that's a disgrace. There's no such thing as false hope. Hope is hope. Um, and even, and even that if, if it was even slightly misguided, it's still better than them being told they're going to die in three months time. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and, and, and I feel so terribly sorry for Jess and Jess's family. Uh, and I feel very, very sad that the media has chosen to focus on the words and the misrepresentation of just one small group of, um, poorly informed and um, reductionistic and poor quality thinking individuals. It will never change though, Damo. That's the thing. I know. Media's behaviour is never going to change. No, but... We just need more nice. empowered people out there going, oh, I don't actually believe that, Mr. Channel 9 or Mr. Channel 7 or... That's right. You know, Mr. Herald Sun, whatever it is. We might but see that- a change on Channel 10 soon. Absolutely, but we'll talk about that on another yeah, podcast. Let's not talk much about that right <laughs> now. You give away all your secrets, Mr. Christoph. say anything... That's the boy. Hey, Damo, thanks again for your wisdom as always. There's plenty to talk about. We could go on forever on this topic and we might do another one at some point. But uh, thanks again for your insights as always. Great man. Uh, MP, thanks for letting me have a river ramble. I can't believe we've gone for 25 minutes. That's amazing. But thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to our website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. That is all spelt out. Also, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com. We can view all 16 podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.